Welcome to the Pitting Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs. Ready to discuss some college and high school wrestling here as we approach the end of January. Uh, big week um, on the college level. Um, you've got a one versus two matchup. Uh, number one, Penn State hosts number two, Iowa, in a battle of unbeatens. Iowa coming off. Uh, Two wins this last weekend over Nebraska and uh, Wisconsin. Nebraska at home. Um, kind of one of the better duels I think Iowa has had uh, as far as overall performance. And then the turnaround at Wisconsin and uh, uh, needing to win on criteria um, up in Madison. Uh, what was your takeaway from uh, Iowa's last weekend heading into this week with Penn State? They better have their full lineup in <laughs> based on what happened last weekend. The, uh, yeah, at Nebraska, they look sharp. I mean, I think they look like they want to look. You know, they're aggressive, getting after it. They had the full lineup in. And then Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin's no slouch team. And, uh, you know, they had three, I think, out of the lineup, Iowa did. And so, you know, it showed they, they really got out of that. You know, I, I guess, you know, back in the day, it was a tie, right? Now it's a, a criteria win. So with the win, so. Uh, the, I guess the, uh, the headlines, I guess, coming out of uh, this weekend for Iowa um, kind of revolve around their lightest and heaviest competitors. Um, Spencer Lee continued his tear. Uh, he extended his winning streak to 48 straight. Uh, dates back all the way to 2019, uh, I believe. Um, it's actually the ninth longest in uh, in Iowa history. Um, you know, when you think about, uh, I think, uh, Zaleski, Ironside, uh, probably McElravey in there. Um, Barry Davis. Barry Davis. Um, so uh, certainly right up there with some uh, Iowa legends, but the thing that really stands out, uh, his sixth straight pin and his fourth one over top eight, nine ranked guys, um, pinning uh, Liam Cronin. For Nebraska in 38 seconds, and then uh, building this double-digit lead and pinning uh, Wisconsin's Eric Barnett in the second period. I mean, uh, uh, this is a uh, this is Bruce Kinseth, uh, Dan Gable type, uh, you know, uh, type of a streak here. Right. So his last last few wins have been pins, right? Over number six, Wisconsin. Number seven, ranked wrestler at Nebraska. Number three, ranked wrestler at Northwestern. Number nine, ranked wrestler at Purdue. Illinois is Renteria, who's no slouch. I mean, he's not ranked, but he's not no slouch. And then you can even go back to the uh, Soldier Salute when he wrestled uh, Drake Ayala in the uh, finals. Who, when Lee wasn't there. Drake was ranked. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so it's impressive to, is what he's doing. You know, uh, uh, sure, a lot of it has to do with him finally being healthy. Um, 
Also, I don't I don't know if there there's a perception of doubters or something. To, you know, maybe maybe something really kind of lit a fire under him a little bit. Um, but I mean, he's just he's just look, just kind of gone in for the kill when he's when he's had the opportunity. It, you know, it wasn't uh, you know take down and tilt away kind of thing to attack. Uh, he is he has really looked for opportunities to put things away immediately whenever he can, and you saw that against. Uh, Cronin, for sure. He saw it against D'Agostino. Um, you know, it's just been uh, just been kind of uh, like Spencer 2.0 a little bit um, as far as his, uh, his dominance has been. Right. And, uh, you know, he's, I, sometimes I think, you know, I talked about it last time. Does he have a chip on his shoulder or does he just have that goal? Like you're you're indicating that I'm I want the pin this year. I want a first period pin. That's it. That's my goal. And you know that might be his goal, or, or just a, a pin period, but as quickly as possible. Um, you know, part of me is like I don't want I don't mind seeing him go deep into a match, just you know, so that we know he can go deep into a match when that's you know because that's going to happen at the nationals for sure. Uh, you would think, but. Uh, um, so, you know, we just want to know that he's got that stamina to be able to go deep into a match. And, and uh, but right now it's kind of fun to watch for sure. Isn't it? You know, the other end of the, the lineup for Iowa, Tony Cassiope, he's undefeated as well. But uh, I think uh, something that's kind of been overlooked is just how he has been an ace at the end of duels, you know, I think wrestling is the most unpredictable sport there is. Um, you know, you can look at uh, Brooks Simpson, Eric Volker type situation. Um, uh, even Cassiope experienced him, experienced it himself with Princeton, looking in control, all of a sudden getting reversed and and getting pinned flukes flukes happen wrestling is a sport where because of a pin sometimes the best wrestler doesn't always win right um but i was had three or four duels that have come down to the heavyweight match cassiopeia has been uh you know just an ultimate closer i guess you could say uh did it with a almost a major against Schuler in the Iowa State duel to secure that win. Um, stalled out uh, his opponent against uh, Illinois for that, and then Iowa was down by three. He gets a decision over against him. You know, people forget how good Hilger. You know, at one time Hilger was ranked. You know top three heavyweights uh, a few years ago. So he's a, he's an accomplished heavyweight. That's a, uh, a good opponent. And uh, Cassie Opie comes away, I think with a four zero win or something like that. Uh, 
to tie it up and Iowa had the advantage on uh, total match points in uh, matches that didn't end in fall and uh, one on criteria, but do we take for granted what he's been able to do in those situations, even, even if he was expected to win? Uh, I don't think you take for granted. I, I, like you said, it's an expectation. I think it's an expectation of him. Thinking that it's an expectation of his teammates and coaches and certainly of the fans. I think that, you know, that's an expectation. So I'm going to stay reserved on Cassiopeia until after Friday because he's got his hands full with Kirk Lovett. And, uh, and uh, I don't want to snake bite him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put that jinx on or whatever. So uh, he's done a great job and I, I'm not taking anything away from him by not speaking of him, but, but uh I want him to win this this match coming up because it's a big one. So right now, if we want to look ahead uh, to this week with Penn State and Iowa, um, the probable lineups have uh, Lee at 125. There's an either or with Teske or Shriver. And we really can't overlook what Teske did. He came back, um, returned to the lineup, won against Nebraska. Um, and then turned around and, and I think he had a nice win against uh, Lamont of Wisconsin. Um, so he returned to the lineup and then he wrestled twice in three days, which I think is a good sign for, for Iowa. But he's uh, either or at 133 with Shriver. Then you have Real, uh, Real Woods at uh, 141. Then the other uh, either or at 149, Max Murin, Max Murin uh, Caleb Rachi. Um, Murin has kind of, uh, oh, I guess you could say he struggled a little bit. Two of his last three matches have been losses to, uh, Yaya Thomas and, uh, Austin Gomez, two quality, two quality 49 pounders, but, um, just kind of a rough stretch for, for Max. Caleb Rachi looked good at the soldier salute down at 149. He had a win over Anthony Akamendia. Uh, who used to wrestle for Ohio State, lost to Max in the finals of that tournament. Um, so um, I think legitimately you could see either or uh, there if they want to give Max a little bit of a rest. But, you know, um, I guess my I assume that it's all hands on deck right now. And then you kind of have the perceived postseason Group in the upper weights with Seabrook, Kennedy, Brands, Assad, Warner, and Cassiope, the only ones listed from 57 to heavyweight. Um, with, with, with Muren, I think we need to have Muren in there. Um, you know, it's, Rashi's done a good job, but I, like you said, uh, you, Penn State is not a time to give someone a rest. I mean, unless there's something <laughs> critical or something there. But, sure. uh, um, you know, so. I think we need to have him in the lineup and that's a pretty pivotal weight too. I mean, that's one that I think Iowa needs to, needs to win if they're going to have a chance to win this, this duel. Uh, I'm glad to see that Brands is back in there and he's been in and out all year long. So um, I think that's another important one, uh, although he's got a tall task, but, but at least that's, you know, maybe he can help with some points by avoiding a, a bonus or keeping it close or who knows, pulling an upset. So. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. You know, for for Penn State, um, 
you're going to get their uh, their group. Um, there is an either or at 157 with Levi Haynes, who's currently ranked, or Terrell, uh, I think it's Bearclaw. Um, I think there's a little bit of a, you know, with uh, Haynes being a true freshman, if there's a, maybe a little bit of a debate whether or not to pull his red shirt. Uh, I think uh, if he wrestled against Iowa, that would be his fifth uh, competition, which would mean the red shirts pulled uh, for this year. Um, probably a half dozen of one, six of the other with that, because I don't know if Penn State necessarily needs him. Um, for a title run. Um, and then on the other side of that, you know, pull the redshirt this year, and they certainly could redshirt him one of the following seasons um, as well. I think somebody pointed out uh, Nico Megalutis uh, as an example of that um, as well, and that worked out really well. So, so let's let's do a little uh, what if. So if you're going up the line, and we start at 125, which is probably a good bet that we're going to. And, and so let's say Lee gets a pin. Uh, then we'll go at 33, RBY gets a decision. Uh, then Woods wins a close match against number four Bartlett. And then Murin gets that win over Van Ness. So now Iowa has a 12 to three lead. Is that enough to pull Haynes out onto the mat? Or do they have enough, do you think, confidence in the rest of the lineup to, to pull off a victory. See, that's what I'm guessing it would boil down to, right? I I don't know. Uh, and to tell you the truth, I don't know if that would even be necessary if those matches played out that way. Just because, you know, 49 through 65, I think, are real question marks. You know, I think those are those are matches that could go either way. Um, and you could wrestle them 10 times and may, you may get different results each time. Right. You know, though those three are just so uncertain. Um, you know, somebody asked me what I would bet on. I think, the line they've put betting lines on this duel and it's Penn state minus six. And I'm like, okay. I wouldn't touch it just because there's such uh, a variance on, on what could play out. And I think that's what 149 through 65. I don't, I don't think that would be the decision maker for whether Haynes gets his red shirt pulled. Right. Um, and I know you're going at, after 49, but I'm going to throw in there as well, even though we, we kind of decided that, or I mentioned it, but I think uh, that uh, 41 is also a, a toss up, but that's of course after the 49, but really? it isn't, isn't Barlett ranked fourth or something like that. Yeah. But I, I still would think, I, I mean, I, I, I'd still take what well, I don't, I don't see Bartlett, even with him being ranked, he's ranked as high as 
three according to to some of these rankings. I just don't think he's on the same plane as Real Woods. Um, maybe that's just my uh, me being naive, but um, you know, I I just don't. I think I think the first three are pretty clear cut as far as wins. Um, the only thing I would question is whether or not 133 is a decision versus a major. Um, but I just think Lee wins but with bonus. Um, RBY wins. And, you know, I think that could vary. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out as far as whether it ends up uh, uh, yielding any bonus points. And then I, I just, even with Bartlett's rankings, I just don't see him knocking off real woods. Okay. I, I hope you're right. But, uh, but uh, I've seen woods where we've seen woods kind of keep matches close. So, uh, you know, at times, so if that happens, there's always a possibility. So, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, Woods is going to pull it out. But, so, you know, I was thinking earlier when I was going through the, you had asked me earlier this week, and so I was going through it, and I go, oh, what a dream matchup this would be. And, I, you know, Lee, it, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. But if Lee were to bump up and wrestle RBY, that would be a great match. It, it'll, at least it'll never happen in college. And uh, um, it, you know, because I don't see any benefit of risking Spencer Lee's knees in a wide-open match like that that really isn't going to help Spencer in terms of, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a marquee match and one for the ages, but, but uh, I just think there's too much at risk injury wise to Spencer to even consider that, especially yeah. since he's got his body down. It's a 125 pound body right now. It's not a 133 pound body. And it's not easy to bump up and, and down like that. So, right. um, so I don't see it happening, but boy, wouldn't that be fun if it did? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for sure. I, you know, would be kind of neat. We saw Sebastian Rivera do that. I can't remember who it was against. Um, but remember Sebastian Rivera bumped up for a for a match once um for 33 to 41, um, just for the sake of it. Um, but given Spencer's history, I mean, it's it's <laughs> because of what he's done, it's easy to forget that he's still only a a year and a couple of weeks away from two ACL surgeries. You know, that's uh, at one time it was 18 months to, to kind of get back and going with one ACL surgery. Now with uh, two, that's a, that's a pretty big task. And we've seen, uh, you know, things happen when, when people moved up. Um, yeah. I just, I just don't think it's smart, even though, like you said, would be kind of neat. Would also be kind of neat to see, uh, you know, uh, RBY against Real Woods, too, if they wanted to do that uh, right. as well. But, yeah, I just I just don't think the risk versus the reward uh, is big enough right now for for Lee to do that, because you're not also you're not only talking about. um this season in the next couple months, but you're also talking about, you know, the, the international aspirations that 
he's had and that injuries have delayed. And the last thing that he wants to do is jeopardize being able to start making international runs here as, as soon as, right. you know, this summer and this fall. Right. So I know there's, we've got different scenarios. I mean, there's one, one I've ran that where Iowa wins and then more that I've ran that Iowa doesn't win. And uh, so, like you said, it could be anywhere from a three point win to a maybe close to a eight or nine point loss. You know. I I think <laughs> it, I think it could go anywhere from Iowa winning by three to Penn State winning twenty seven twelve. To be totally honest with you, oh, wow. um, I I think there's, you know, when when you look at it, I think the I think one of the only uh, give one of the few givens. I think for, for Iowa, Spencer to get bonus points. Uh, the next thing I would kind of put in that, uh, not necessarily gimme category, but, you know, kind of a, a confidence ranking would be Real Woods. Real Woods, I keep calling him Real. Uh, Real Woods um, with a victory at 141. And then after that, you know, there are winnable matches for sure. There are also matches that they could give up. Um, you know, I, I guess kind of going in line, the next one, you know, if, if Max Murin is on, um, you know, he could get a decision. Possibly Kennedy. Um you know, Cassiope and Kirk Valletta, that's just uh that's just a coin flip. So it's hard to tell which way that goes. You know, at 165, uh, Alex Facundo is ranked as high as five by uh most of the uh polls. That's not a given, even though I, I really do like Patrick Kennedy's chances there. Um you know, you don't know what you're going to get at 57. Um, even if it is Haynes, if it isn't, um, you know, see Brett could win regardless if it's Haynes or, uh, or not. You know, and we've also seen Mirren where, you know, it keeps things close and could give up a late takedown, especially being at, uh, you know, Bryce Jordan. I and I really think something to keep an eye on. I, you know, ninety-seven. You think you got to favor Dean uh, heavily. One seventy-four and eighty-four. That's not going to be a matter of whether or not they win. It's going to be whether or not they prevent bonus points. Um, seeing what Aaron Brooks did to Fine Silver last week. Um. Starochi uh, is getting over. I know a lot of people were talking about how RBY is a Hodge contender, but if you look, Starochi's numbers uh, are as good, if not better, uh, than RBY's um, right now. Um, you know, uh, Brands has uh, has the ability to kind of, you know, stifle and be stingy, but. That's going to be needed because giving up bonus points at 74 or 84 could be uh, 
just as big as anything. Right, and and uh, Starochi and Brooks were both at the uh, up in Cedar Falls this summer at the Iron Sharpens Iron Camp and got to speak with them briefly. And they really are nice kids and nice. I can call them kids, right? I know. And uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> they're uh, so. I mean, nice or not, we got to get into that somehow. And because <laughs> they're they're really great athletes, and and uh, that's going to be tough. Like you said, if we can hold it to a decision there, that might be a victory for Iowa. But. Yeah. Uh, um, and with Warner and Dean, I, I don't know. If, I, I I don't see that being a major because neither one of them really opens up a whole lot. Um, and then uh, you know, I, 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 I just see, I just don't see Warner coming out on top. Yeah, um, yeah. The way he's been wrestling and and stuff, and right now, you know, given their history too, um, you know, I just don't see Iowa being able to win that one. And, and I'm I'm feeling good about Seabrook. I think he might, he's going to pull it off, you know, whether it's Haynes or not. So, you know, bring it on because I feel good about it. He's feeling it. I, he's, he's got some confidence this, this season. So um, he's got my my support. <laughs> so here here's the – this is where I'm, like, really wishy-washy because, you know, I hate, I hate predictions to begin with. But, you know, when you, when you look at things – and wrestling so hard to predict. I don't think people understand – just how hard wrestling is is to predict when you're you're coming in at it with uh, with an open mind. Um, at 125, I think five five or six points uh, is given. Um, I, I mean, you can almost bank on that at 125 for Iowa. So let's just say that's a that's a pin again. Uh, so you, it's six nothing. Uh, RBY, that's almost uh, one you could bank on two right now. But is it three or four? So let's just play devil's advocate and say RBY is able to get. Uh, it really isn't devil's advocate, but let, let's just say um, he gets four. So six four there. I think Woods wins. That's nine four. Uh, Murin certainly has the ability to, to win there. Uh, 12 4. Seabrex certainly could get a decision. Uh, it's 15 4, right? Um, Kennedy certainly could win. That's, that's 18 4. Then you've probably got three from Starochi. 18-7. Uh, I think you're at least going to get four out of Brooks. So that's what, 18-11. Uh, Dean with a win, that's 18-14. Going down to heavyweight. So, <laughs> you know, let's just say Cassiope wins. So one aspect, you've got 21-14 possibly for Iowa. Now if you're going back... You know, you got six, four, nine, four. Ness wins, or Van Ness wins. Uh, you're looking at nine, seven. Uh, say Haynes goes and he wins. Um, you've got Penn State up 10, nine. Facundo wins. That's 13, nine. Uh, Starochi, 16, nine. Brooks wins. That's 20 to nine. Uh, Dean wins 23 9. 
and Kirk Vallette winning, you know, 26-9. And that's not out of the question. The, the, the variance between all that and there's everything in between. Uh, and you know, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, but these two teams, I mean, you know, favors Penn State, but this is just so hard to kind of pinpoint exactly what will happen. And what's what, it's on Friday night, right? Yes. At eight o'clock. Yep. Eight right. thirty, maybe. Eight thirty central. All right. <laughs> so. So yeah, it, it's just crazy. I, I don't know. Uh, do you want to take kind of a guess? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I kind of I. I uh, I don't either. I kind of gave you my my thoughts via text, what I thought the final score would be, and we'll just kind of leave it there just because so many things could, you know, things fluctuate. And the other thing, you know, I asked Tom Brands in the media availability yesterday what the lineup would look like, if it's going to look more like uh, Nebraska where you had pretty much their pieces in place. Or if it would look more like Wisconsin, where you had, uh, you know, Colby Franklin wrestling at 197 and Rhodes at 174, um, you know, or, or somewhere in between. And he just, like, we're, it's day to day. So the probable lineups that were released today may change tomorrow and that may change again come Friday. Um, so you'll just have to find out Friday night, I guess. Uh, just who all takes the mat, and and that could make a big difference, um, too. As we saw. That that tells me that uh, if you know if it's day to day, you got to look at the guys that were out in that last meet. So that that tells me that Warner's probably not one hundred percent. Brands may not be one hundred percent. And who else was out? Murin was that who was out? Uh, no, Murin wrestled. Murin, uh, let's see. I, I think they had uh, just about everybody else. Uh, uh, on the mat other than those two. Okay. So, um, yeah, so uh, we'll see, but it should be fun. You know, the, the fact that you have one versus two, two unbeaten teams, um, that's a marquee event. The interesting thing, and here's what I think, this event is what wrestling needs because you know, I don't know if you saw some of the social media buzz, but you've got people like Micah Parsons, you know, the Dallas Cowboy uh, oh. uh, defensive uh, star. Of course, he used to wrestle, I believe, in PA. Uh, there's a picture of Micah Parsons and Spencer Lee together, um, you know, at a youth tournament, which is pretty cool. And, you know, he was like, hey, who – who can get me to Penn state for the Iowa Penn state duel, you know, and uh, Spencer Lee responded with, uh, I'll get you there. If you promise to sit, you know, in the Iowa section and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, but the fact that this, uh, you know, Jersey Jerry, who's a bar stool uh, sports personality um, talked about attending and, um, show that he has a ticket for Friday night's duel. And the fact that it's extending out into, uh, you know, kind of mainstream 
um, areas, uh, that's, that's huge for the sport and, uh, duels like this are the perfect, uh, avenue for that to happen. Right. And, uh, I'm going to change the avenue a little bit here, but as long as we're talking about, then you have the other big one. Isn't, isn't the battle of the birds Friday as well? Thursday, isn't it Thursday? Or is it Thursday? Okay. But so you have one versus three now. That was reversed, I guess. Wartburg was one, now they're three, but they're lost to Johnson and Wales at the National Duels. But mm-hmm. that Battle of the Berg, we, you know, I've watched that when it, you know, it, was, it, it ended up one way at the National Duels and, a, and then the other team won it at, at the, in the <laughs> Battle of the Bergs. So um, you never know what's going to happen there. So you've got another big battle there as well. So Yeah, and Wartburg's coming off a really big uh, weekend at the ARC Duels. Winning 29 out of 30 matches. Of course, uh, the other teams uh, in that kind of uh, pod for the ARC um, uh, pretty overmatched. Uh, I know Central's had some good teams as of late, but uh, Warburg really took care of business there um, last weekend in Storm Lake. But uh, uh, let's let's talk about uh, kind of the big swing through the Big 12 here uh, starting Friday as well. You got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State hitting Cedar Falls and Ames uh, this weekend. Um, kind of kind of interesting. I can't remember if we mentioned this last week or not, but just the fact that uh, you know Oklahoma's going Friday, Sunday with their two duels uh, while Oklahoma state's going Saturday night, Sunday afternoon uh, with its two duels. So um, kind of a big uh, road trip for both Oklahoma schools and big weekend for you and I and Iowa state. Yes, for sure. And uh, it's, it, you know, we mentioned, remember you and I knocked off Oklahoma state last week, last year in Oklahoma in Stillwater. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. So, so the Cowboys are going to be coming in wanting it back. You know, they're not going to, they didn't like that at all. And uh, that was kind of the start of their mess that, that they had, you know, with their 97 pounder. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that anyway, but uh, it's not an easy task coming in and wrestling, uh, you know, uh, uh, you and I, who's uh, just out of the top 10, I think, aren't they? And then, uh, and then Iowa state that's fourth. So uh, some pretty, pretty good, solid, Iowa teams. So it should be a fun weekend for sure. Uh, the one thing that I think this, this weekend sets up more than anything is uh, February 10th, where, you know, I, I think this is kind of the Let's see. You and I has Cal Baptist in West Virginia after this weekend before Iowa State uh, comes to Cedar Falls on February 10th. So a couple wins here, when assuming Iowa State does the same, you're looking at that Iowa State, you and I being a top 10 matchup on February 10th at the McLeod Center, which I think would be. I think would be huge. 
right? With four, with four wins by the Iowa teams this weekend, that would set up the, the big 12 dual championship and, uh, you know, give the, the winner. Which technically they don't have. No, they don't, but mythically. <laughs> technically, but, yeah. you know. So, yep. And uh, so. Which is dumb, but. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But uh, in our minds, it'll be for the title, right? Yes, for sure. And, you know, for the wrestlers, it definitely is, and the coaches. You know, they're, oh, they're yeah, setting that up. So that's uh, that's a long ways off. We got to, we being the Iowa teams need to win four meets this weekend and the meets prior to that as well. So, uh, but that you're right. It's fun to look forward to that. Yeah, and uh, you know there there's some uh, really good matchups. Uh, promised you know you just never know who's gonna uh wrestle and win but um kind of interested to see uh uh you know 141 uh in the uni oklahoma state uh or sorry oklahoma uh you've got uh, schwartz of oklahoma that's ranked uh, you've got Kale Happel and Casey Swiderski uh, for Iowa State. They're all ranked at 141. Um, you look at uh, 149, um, you've got uh, Panero Johnson, uh, Colin Real Buto. They'll both wrestle, uh, you know, Mitch Moore, who's ranked 14th, and then uh, Victor uh, Volinovich of uh, Oklahoma State, which is uh, ranked 19th as well. So uh, ranked matches there at 149. At 157, uh, you know, you got Caden Gefeller and Derek Holschlag um, there. That should be a fun one between you and I and Oklahoma State. Just kind of perusing a couple other uh, matchups. Uh, you've got Yant and uh, uh, Nine Hughes uh, from Oklahoma um, as well. So, KJ, do you have probable lineups for you and I in Iowa State? Are they showing their? No, I I'm not seeing probable lineup. I don't see probable lineups. They usually uh, their sports information doesn't uh, kind of release those. Um, like the like the Big Ten schools do, um, I'm just kind of going off the the rankings and you know kind of using that as a as a possible um, lineup there. But 184 too, um, you've got Keckheisen and, and Coleman obviously for you and I Iowa State who are two and four if if they do wrestle. Uh, then you've got number 11, 11, Travis Whitlake from uh, Oklahoma State. And then a name a lot of you and I people recognize, Keegan Moore uh, from Oklahoma, number 19 at 184. So that's another weight that kind of stands out. He's still around, Keegan Moore? From, yeah. He was at UNI when he, a few years ago. Yep. Then he came to, to UNI from Oklahoma, wasn't it? Uh, Oklahoma State. Or, yeah, Oklahoma State, and then yep, and then now now at Oklahoma. So he was wrestling when when we went up in 2015. He was wrestling in high school up to the clash. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and so <laughs> holy cow! And he was yeah. I don't think he was not a senior in high in high school, but 
he was wrestling. So he's, but he's, still, he seemed to uh, be around for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, that'll be a that big weekend for for you and I in Iowa State. One that uh, you know both could come away with two wins, but um, you got to take care of business. So I'll ask you about uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State coming through uh, their sweep of Iowa, uh, their tour of Iowa. Um, when the weekend's over, what's the over under on wins that the Oklahoma teams are going to leave with? Oh, man. I think Oklahoma gets swept. Okay, so I think Iowa State and you and I beat Oklahoma. I'm, I'm not, I haven't looked at the matchups, but I'm, I'm nervous with the Oklahoma State you and I meet. That's I, I, got me nervous. So I'm going to say this hurts hurts to say it. It's the panther blood in me. Uh, but I think <laughs> I think that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State walk out of here with one win. Really? I hope zero, but I just think they're um, going to be – they're going to be a little sore after last year with you and I. <laughs> I. I can see that. I just don't think they're as strong as they have been in the past. I think this is a a gimpy Oklahoma State team. Um, I I just uh, I like the way you and I competed this year. I'm going to say Oklahoma, Oklahoma State walk away with. Uh, with broom handles. Yes. Um, right. <laughs> I, 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 I think they, they come away with a goose egg. Um, I think they combined to go 0-4. I um, think it could be close at Cedar Falls. I think Iowa State handles both of them. Um, but uh, I, I, just, I just think you and I, uh, I think we're going to have a top 10 matchup when – Iowa State, you and I face each other in February, and they're going to take care of business from now until then. Uh, I hope you're right. And I, 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 yeah, I think I just like the way that you and I has built their schedule this year. How they, you said it, how they competed. They haven't had very many dual meets, so they're still hungry there, and right. not very many home meets even. So, um, yeah. So, man, I'm. I hope you're right. That's like I said. I haven't looked at matchups, but, but. Uh, yeah, let's go. Get the broom, sweep them out of here. One <laughs> uh, other thing about you and I, I kind of want to bring up, um, kind of for personal reasons here, is I want to congratulate you. Um, as part of um, one of the you and I uh, teams that are being inducted into the uh, Glen Brand Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, the uh, 2023 induction class has been uh, released, and the 1974-75 UNI wrestling team uh, is a part of that group. Um, state's first uh, NCAA Division II national championship team um, under Chuck Patton. Uh, Hall of Fame coach, uh, uh, you were part of that. Uh, uh, you were part of that team. 
and uh, you're going in with uh, uh, former Ballard uh, Prep and uh, College All-American Rachel Waters, uh, Iowa State, um, NCAA champion John Reeder, uh, Nate Gaelic of Iowa State, uh, co-coach and uh, former West Liberty uh, State champ and All-American at the University of Iowa, John Ostendorp. Uh, former Cedar Rapids Prairie um, champion, uh, University of Iowa wrestler, uh, longtime high school and college coach in Lenny Zaleski, uh, and the uh, Bell Plane connection um, with one of the special uh, uh, honors, kind of the, uh, um, how, how would you put it? Uh, contributions maybe or uh it's called the Bullsby Family Legacy Award and that's going to uh the Hinchburgers and Sheddenhelm uh families uh connected to uh, uh Bell Plain and I believe uh um Hinchburgers wrestled at uh, uh Warburg and Coe and Sheddenhelm wrestled at uh, uh you and I as well so um a good honor for for them, and then Josh Schomberger, um, from the uh, uh, I think Iowa City. That's done a lot to get uh, uh, the World Cups and USA Wrestling World Team Trials and U.S. Opens um, to be held in Iowa City, and then of course uh, uh, your col our colleague, uh, our late colleague uh, Mark Ryland, also being um honored posthumously as well so um but congratulations to you for being part of that uh 74 75 uni national championship team that uh that's going into the glenn brand wrestling hall of fame pretty pretty awesome and well-deserved uh honor uh, thank you the uh you know here's my contribution to the national championship and i did contribute <laughs> I was a, uh, was, I was on the varsity. I did qualify for nationals and I won a match on the backside. So I, my, whatever it was back then, point or half a point or whatever it was, so that's my contribution to that national championship team. And then uh, I got to tell you. contribution. That's right. So, and I, and as I'm the only one, I, I was thinking about this the other day that's, that was on both the 75 and 78 national championship team that contributed points towards it anyway. And as far wow. as I know, that's the only two uh, Division Two national titles won by an Iowa school. Obviously, you and I went Division One in uh, when my brother took over. And mm -hmm. uh, um, so, speaking of that, that the Sheenhelm family, I remember I was coaching and I was at at one of the the uh, freestyle tournaments, probably Bell Plain, and uh, and I saw this kid wrestling. I go, man, this kid's good. So I called my brother and said. Don, who was the coach at UNI, and said, man, you got to take a look at this Sheedenhelm kid. He's pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Don, so Don get, gets him up, gets him, you know, signs him up at UNI, and, and then Sheedenhelm went on to be at least an All-American once and maybe more. And, was that uh, Kurt? That was Kurt, the oldest one, yeah. And then Kevin was the younger one. And then uh, okay. the Hinchberger family, obviously, they did so well. Two or three-time champ at Wartburg and, mm -hmm. uh, um, and then also at co uh, so what a family legacy that, that yes, geez. so yeah, pretty, pretty nice. So thank you. 
if I if I remember correctly, with uh, with uh, Dustin Hinchberger, he had to beat a national champion just to get into the lineup at Wartburg. Uh, I think he had to beat uh, one of the Kellys, kind of win the spot over uh, one of the Kellys. He would won a national championship and then went on to win three of his own. So that was pretty uh, pretty phenomenal on his part. That tells you how loaded Warburg was, but I, I applaud Coach Miller for allowing a wrestle off in the, mm-hmm. in the Warburg wrestling room because that doesn't happen. That's right. That's right. Um, let's see, just kind of looking here really quick. Um, that 74-75 team, he had five finalists, um, including Dave Cunningham at 118, Jim Miller at 134, Ken Snyder at 42, Dick Erickson at 177, and Randy Omvig uh, at heavyweight. So uh, Cunningham, Cunningham was a runner-up. Miller and Snyder and Omvig were champs, and Erickson was he second as well? He, he did not win. Erickson was second. Yep. Second, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they have a long list of uh, – People on that team, um, a lot of names uh, people would recognize, obviously. Uh, see one that stands out, uh, Al Garrison. I think the uh, Des Moines Roosevelt Duels are, are named after him. Um, you know, uh, just a lot of, uh, you know, Thomas Hinchberger, uh, part of that uh, as well. You know, just, uh, you know, pretty successful uh, group there under Chuck Patton. Yeah, that was fun. I was I was lucky to be involved in that. You know, I was a undersized 158-pounder that that uh, maybe won the spot by forfeit because people got hurt, people got couldn't make weight, things like that. And, and uh, you know, I, I couldn't beat out Ken Snyder at 142, and blasting game would ride me out and beat me two to one or something. He is so good on top of just <laughs> clamping on. Back then, the stalling rules were a little different. And uh, and uh, he was also an All-American. And then, so I went up to 58 and weighed in with all my clothes on and and uh, <laughs> and had fun there. But it's a good learning. That's the most I ever learned was that year. Obviously, I was a sponge because I was a freshman, but also because I didn't have to worry about weight control. So it was a very fun year. Cool. Cool. So I look forward to that induction. I'm assuming probably uh, in June. Um, I think that's when it has been in the past, except for the the COVID years June, and stuff. June, so June 23rd. June 23rd. Okay. All right. Um. One other thing I'll mention here really quickly: uh, Upper Iowa uh, had a good weekend too. Uh, Peacocks come away with uh, two dual victories and, and won pretty handily, uh, actually, uh, where they beat uh, Augustana University 30-11 to 11 on Saturday, and then they blanked Southwest Minnesota State 41-0 on Sunday, both at home. Um, uh, Augustana was ranked 14th, um, and in that duel, Caden Anderlich uh, uh, 133 uh, one by technical fall, Cam Lopez at 184 added a major decision uh, for Upper Iowa. 
then on Sunday uh, against the Mustangs, uh, Chase Lensman at 165 had a pin. Uh, Ethan Doty at 149 uh, had a tactical fall. Uh, Upper Iowa, they're a top 10 team. Of course, don't forget uh, the NCAA championships are right here uh, in Cedar Rapids in March. And I believe the last time uh, they were held here in Cedar Rapids, Upper Iowa came away with a, a trophy, uh, a top four finish, if I if I remember correctly. Um, so maybe some more of the sames in, in store for them. Uh, but they improved to 8-2 overall. Uh, and they're 4-0 in the uh, Northern Sun Conference. So uh, good weekend there for Heath Grimm and, and the Peacocks. Yeah, exactly. And their two losses are uh, to Nebraska Kearney, who's ranked second, and then Lander University, who's ranked fifth. So they've had their quality losses. Coaches Grimm's got the Peacocks strutting for sure. I, I, I think they beat Kearney. Um, I think they lost to St. Cloud State. Oh, is it St. Cloud State? Okay. Even more. National Duels. And they beat Carney on the backside after losing to uh, – let me, let me just double-check and make sure. Yeah, you could be right on that. I, I was thinking it was one of those two. Like, yeah, it, the point still stands that, uh, uh, you know, their, their quality losses that they've had. Um, I, I might have wrote down what, uh, the number two ranked and then wrote the wrong school down thinking it was Carney. <laughs> Yeah, the 28-7 loss to St. Cloud State, and then they uh, bounced back uh, two duels later to beat uh, Kearney 21-14. And then Lander, that was a close duel, 22-18. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think he had some reserves wrestling in that as well. So, Well, and, and the thing about uh, for Upper Iowa, they have to be motivated, I know they are, to, be, to have their national tournament right there in their own backyard here in Cedar Rapids. So, you know, they're going to want to do it. A, a great job in front of their fans and their and their families. You know that they'll be able to see them. So that's that's really cool. I know we're, uh, Cedar Rapids is hosting that and the girls' national championships. Yep. Do national championships yep. back to back weekends. So uh, it'll be a fun start to to March uh, here in, in Cedar Rapids. Um, Upper Iowa heads to North Dakota this weekend. They'll uh, face Minot State. Um, on Friday, and then hit the University of Marion in Bismarck on Saturday before gearing up for a rematch with St. Cloud State on February 2nd at home. Uh, that's a Thursday night as well. So, uh, I imagine we'll St. Cloud State, are they ranked number one now after their national dual championship? I believe so. Yeah. So, they, yeah. Okay. So, they've even bounced up. Cool. And, and we very well could see that could be a battle of unbeaten teams in the uh, Northern Sun um, right. when that comes around. So maybe big, they, uh, big things ahead here for the Peacocks. Maybe they can win at their last last uh, go here in the Northern Sun Conference. So. Uh, kind of mentioned the American River Conference duels. Wartburg uh, dominated its half uh, over at Storm Lake. Uh, I believe Loris may have gone unbeaten in Dubuque. Did you happen to? Yep, Loris. Loris went four zero uh, in in duels. Remember that's that that pod has five teams, whereas the other pod has has four teams. So they have four duels in this in this pod. So Loris 
beat Luther 29-17, Nebraska Wesleyan 49-3, Simpson 43-3, and then they beat Coe 24-16, and Coe's ranked 19th, which I think is low, but after their stumble in that first round at the National Duels, it's probably deserving, but I think they're a better team than that. Well, then Coe, Coe then beat Luther 31-13, Nebraska Wesleyan 40-12, and Simpson 47-3, and then Luther who was uh, actually ranked higher than, than Coe. Luther's ranked number nine. And then the, the, their wins were against Simpson, 33 to 13, and, and Nebraska Wesleyan, 46 to six. So uh, anyway, Loris did a nice job, looked strong there. Coe's building it back up, I think. Uh, one other uh, note in Division Three, Cornell, Wrestled, uh, who was eight and two. The, you know, Coach Ham's got them going over there, but they beat uh, uh, Iowa Wesleyan, which who, who's an NAIA school, but they beat them 43 to three. Put it to them pretty good. And then the uh, fresh, freshman, Gabe Smith, that 57 pounder out of Washington, I was mentioning that, that Coach Ham's pretty high on. He's he has 23 wins and 10 by fall, so he's having a good season. Uh, also winning by fall in that meet was uh, Jacob Scherzer of Jefferson and Trayton Stuff in the 97 pounder. So they had a good, had a good showing. Cornell did. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to uh, Iowa Wesley and Coach Jake Cadle. Um, he's a, he's in a unique position where uh, he's leading two college programs at the same time because he's coaching both the men and the women at Iowa Wesley. And um, something that you know we've seen here at the high school level, at the college level, it's a totally different thing. Um, and he's doing a, a double duty. And of course, uh, you mentioned the duels, um, with the duel with, uh, Cornell Saturday, he was here recruiting at, uh, uh, at Prairie, um, watching, uh, uh girls, uh, compete and, uh, recruiting some of the area, uh, wrestlers for the women's program down there. So kind of a unique situation where, uh, one coach is doing uh, uh, duties for both the men and the women's programs, but uh, you know he's giving it his all. Well, you know, as if recruiting wasn't hard enough, now you have to do it for two sports and two genders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, still trying to go along with uh, you know getting getting your current wrestlers prepared and ready oh, yeah. for competition, stuff like that. So, Oh yeah. There's, then there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of action going on uh, this week, obviously on the college level, on the high school level, we're in the middle of a uh, uh, busy and exciting time of year. Um, so I just want to thank everybody again. Thanks for dedicating your time to us and, and uh, watching and listening, we appreciate uh, everybody out there for supporting uh, the sport of wrestling. Uh, Coach Briggs, thanks to, as always. And why don't you send us out? Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.